Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Numbers. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Numbers. Of course, I'm teasing. Last week, we saw a lot of people die. It's called Korah's Rebellion. Korah, K-O-R-A-H. Korah was a great leader of men. People flocked to him. He was a great orator. And he wanted to run. He wanted to run the show. He wanted to be in charge of everybody. And when we say everybody, we're talking about a million or more. And he thought that... <clears throat> and he thought that he had more skills... And he probably did. He thought he had more courage to lead the people. And he probably did. But be careful. Moses was called the most humble man alive. The most meek man alive. And with that... That's who God chose on purpose to be his leader. And it's, it's amazing that there are those, there are those who don't like it when meek people, when, when people that aren't as gifted as they are, uh, God chooses them to lead. It's amazing how others try to make you like them. Or try to change you like them. And that's what was going on here. Korah was very gifted. Now we had this last week. And they had a contest. Korah lost and the ground opened up and flame, flames shot out. And uh, people screamed and yelled. And Korah, uh, 250 people died. Now who did that? Any reasonable person would say, Korah and his leaders, they would say, they would say that God did that. That was a supernatural natural event. But not these Israelites. They blame Moses for their death, for the death. And it's amazing this blame shifting that goes on all the time here. Look with me please. To verse 41. But on the morrow. All the congregation of the children of Israel. Cheered. Does it say that? No. My version says murmured again. I don't know how many times I used to count them. Murmured against Moses. And against Aaron. Why? You have killed the people of the Lord. They're blaming Moses for supernatural events, for things that have no control whatsoever from Moses' point of view, and he had no, no control. These were, pe these were probably good people, except for the fact that they wanted to take over from God's chosen you have killed the people of the Lord. They murmured against Mo Moses and Aaron. 
I get blamed all the time, by the way. When somebody disappears from our church and they don't want to come back and I'll get blamed. What'd you do? What'd you say? And oftentimes it is comes completely out of my hands. Something else is happening in that family, but people want to find blame and they usually blame it on the preacher. Not just our church, every church, every church. So you have killed the people, they said to Moses. And we talk about this blame shifters. We talk about blame shifters all the time. It's a main, it's a main principle in the word of God for blame shifters to come in. They're always looking for blame. Huh. As long as you and I try to blame others for our problems, our problems won't get healed. They, they, they won't get taken care of unless we admit that we have a part in it. Then we can have a part in fixing it. But with blame shifters, they don't want to accept any of the blame and they, they are always blaming others and it sure makes them look good in front of others as well. So verse 42, it came to pass when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation and behold, the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. Now the tabernacle was a tent, a large movable tent that they, they unpacked and set it up and then it had a holy of holies. It had the Ark of the Covenant for the younger generation. Uh, the, what was that movie with the Ark? Raiders of a Lost Ark. That's exactly what's there. And today we're going to have something else added to it. But uh, this cloud comes over and covers it. And the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, Get you up from among this congregation. Get out of here. Get away. That I may consume them. Now, God's, God has tried this three times now. God has said, Moses, these people are too stiff-necked. These people are, are not the kind of people I thought they would be. They're not the people that I want to take into the promised land. Get away. I'm going to consume them. Whether that would, how that would go down, I'm not sure. Verse 45, God is going to give consequences for all this complaining. Get you up from among this congregation. Get away that I may consume them as in a moment. But Moses intervenes. I am sure Moses doesn't like it with all the murmuring and the complaining and stuff that's not even his control. I'm sure he doesn't like it, but he doesn't want them dead. And again, they fell upon their faces. And Moses said unto Aaron, 
take a censer. You might even look over my shoulder, something like these candelabras. Take a censer and put fire therein from all the altar and put on incense and go quickly into the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. Consequences. Consequences for complaining and murmuring against God's chosen man. And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was already begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stopped. By the time we get to the end of this chapter, not in time though. 14,000 people died. Before Aaron could get into the congregation and, and take the censer with him, special presence of the Lord supposedly. And, but 14,000 people. Now let's go back in time. Let's go back to Korah, the great speaker Korah. He was such a wonderful speaker. As a matter of fact, if you're here on Wednesday nights, not unlike the Antichrist, a wonderful, or, a wonderful orator, a great speaker. Torah was the same way. And he could, he could talk anybody into anything. Huh. They paid a price if they... If at any time they chose Korah's leadership, even though he might have been a better leader, might have been more gifted, more, a, better, a better speaker, but they chose Korah over God's chosen man. And they paid a terrible price. 250 people die right there alone with Korah's rebellion. And those 250 people that followed Korah, those 250 people had hundreds of relatives, thousands of relatives in the main congregation. Your daughters, your sons, your grandchildren maybe. They were all consumed with Korah. And it's got to be somebody's fault. It must be Moses' fault. So they all come together in a big crowd, a big riot, and they're blaming, they're blaming him for, blaming Moses and Aaron for the 250 people that died. So now, God's, God's not deaf. God sees it all. He hears it all. He knows it all. And look at already what he's done for them. Listen, are your children really, really grateful for all the sacrifices you make? Your grandchildren know all about your sacrifices you've made. No, they take it for granted. These people are just like God's children who take him for granted, but they're very upset that relatives have died during this rebellion otherwise called Korah's rebellion. 
So, so God sends a plague to punish some of the some of the congregation to punish them for coming and blaming coming at Moses and blaming Moses and Aaron for this matter. But this verse, oh, verse forty-eight. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stopped. Moses and Aaron, again they changed God's mind. God honors his chosen leadership, and Moses and Aaron, they don't want the people to die off and to start all over again. So so they stand... Life over here, death over there. And they stand between the two, life and death, and they stop, they stop hundreds of thousands and thousands from being killed for following the wrong leader, which is always in history, always been a problem with mankind in and wars and battles and rumors of wars. Whoever speaks the best is often the one elected or chosen. And we have to remember, especially in the spiritual realm, God chooses some of these leaders. God chose Moses not because he was a great speaker, a great orator, not because he had the most courage, although... I believe it took courage to do many of the things he did. It took faith to do the things he did. So, I mean, in this, in this past chapter, he's got this core of rebellion. And Moses says, okay, 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 tomorrow. If the ground opens up and swallows all the rebels, then I must be the leader then God has chosen me. But if he doesn't, okay, then I'll back down. Well, what's the ground do? It opens up. Flames shoot up in the sky. People are yelling and screaming. And then the ground closes back down. But who do they blame? They don't blame God. Sometimes mankind is just so... And they will always follow. Now, in this case, again, Moses wasn't chosen for being a great orator. He was chosen, chosen for the faith that he had, the great faith that he had. He was chosen for his, for his ability, no matter what, to trust God. Raise up your... Raise up what was that huge, big thing? The club. Raise up your staff, and I will open up the. I will open up the sea. Moses didn't question it. He didn't go what? No, he raised his staff up, and the sea parted. Moses was a very ultra obedient person, and the the one or two times that he disobeys, one or two times in forty years, he gets punished for it. So we'll see that later. 
Now, what was Moses doing? Standing between life and death for these people. That's what you and I do. That's what you and I do, and we don't, we're not even aware of it. So many of the people in our circles, in our circumference, they are so close to death, they're dying. They are so, they are so close to getting a curse put upon them, maybe. Bad, they're so close to having bad things happen, and you and I are all there is standing between life and death for them. Oh, that if we could see, if we could see the power that we have on other people with God's power, that we, for our family, our friends, we are standing between heaven and hell sometimes. If the Lord came back right now, zip, we're gone. Would we have any regrets? People that we wished we would have talked to or shared or written a letter to. People that we see every day maybe, but we take it for granted that there'll be a tomorrow. Oh, we might pray for them, but are we doing all that we could be doing? We stand between life and death. We stand between heaven and hell. Consider that as we go on. Moses and Aaron. Wow. Well, Moses has been vindicated. God has shown, shown him. Uh, verse 49, Now they that died in the plague were 14,700. Besides them that also died about the Korah, about Korah. And that's 250 more. So that's almost 15,000. And of that big of a crowd, everybody lost loved ones and friends somehow. Thinking of that. And Aaron returned unto Moses, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stopped. Chapter 17. You want, if you write in your Bible, this is Aaron. Now God vindicated Moses and showed that he was the leader. What a great leader to stand between, the, between life and death and to beg for their lives as well when they were the ones mistreating him so much. But now God is going to use chapter 7 to vindicate Aaron and to make, make sure they all understand Aaron is God's chosen priest here for the high priest. So the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take every one of them a rod, according to the house of their fathers. Of all the princes, according to their house of their fathers, take twelve rods, and write thou every man's name upon his rod. Now, what they're going to do is... Uh, they're going to take these 12 rods. They're all pretty much look alike. They're pro I should have brought over my walking stick. They're all like little walking stick, big walking sticks for that matter. But everyone's going to have one. Of the 12 tribes of Israel, they're all supposed to send their own 
spiritual priest with his rod. And then they're going to write their name. This one's going to say John's. This one's going to say Ted's, Larry's, Ron. This, all of them have, there's 12, 13 rods. And when I say 13, who else is added? Aaron. So all of these 13 rods are bundled up and taken into the Holy of Holies and laid before the Ark of the Covenant. What's this prove? Next day, they go in and one of the rods has flowers coming out of it. One of the rods is producing nuts coming out of it. One of the, none of the others have anything. But there's one rod that, that uh, has been chosen of God. And guess whose it was? It was Aaron's. Verse 3, And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them in the tabernacle of the congregation before, right in front of the testimony, which is the ark. And I will meet, and I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod, whom I ha shall choose, shall blossom. And I will make to ease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spoke unto the children and told them what to do. Aaron was among the rods, verse 7, And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord. And it came to pass in the morning, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, the, the, inner, the inner room, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds and blossoms and almonds. <laughs> you think he, he showed the people who was supposed to be the high priest? I think he did. I think he, that's, a, that's another miracle. So, and it came to pass it on the mark. Okay, verse 9. And Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord and all the children of Israel. And they looked and took every man his own rod. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels. Another expression, the children of rebels. When, when you murmur and you complain, and when you murmur and complain in your home, who's listening? Your children. And they had huge homes where everybody lived together in a tent like this, this size. So all the families of one particular man, uh, all his children might be living. And the children themselves grew up to be rebels if they weren't careful. Because the children hear the murmurings. Verse 10 again. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels. That's, that's one, of, one of the 
things that goes inside the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's budding rod. That's pretty cool. Homework. Find out what else is in there. Just a challenge. And Moses. And Aaron, again, the testimony of his, his was put there. And thou shalt, I'm in the middle of verse 10. And thou shalt take away their murmurings from me, that they die not. Murmur? Now I dare you. Murmur. Complain. I think they've already seen that Moses and Aaron were chosen by God. I am sure with that million people divided by 12 or 13 tribes, 13 tribes because of Levi, I am sure that Aaron was probably not the smartest. What's the chances of that? He may not have known the, he may not have known the Bible the best. I do know this, that out of all those people, God reached down and picked up Moses and he picked up Aaron and they were God's chosen ones to lead Israel for the next 40, for the next 40 years. No one else was supposed to, even if they were better gifted, even if this, even if that. And that's why we are to trust the Lord. What's it say again? Verse 12. And the children of Israel spoke unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. Why are they saying that? That's, their, that's the curse upon them. They didn't have enough faith to go into the, to go into the, uh, the promised land so the curse upon them, and this is what a lot of this has been about, they weren't willing to accept God's curse upon them that anyone 20 years old and older wouldn't get into the promised land. So, okay, we accept it. Verse 12, And the children of Israel spoke unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish. We all perish. Whosoever comes anything near unto the tabernacle of the Lord shall die. Shall we be consumed with dying? And yes, they are. Not all the same day, but hundreds of funerals a day until they all die and their children grow up and become warriors and fighters and they go into the promised land with Joshua and Caleb at, at, as their leaders. I would like for the musicians to come and let us have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, let good, surely goodness and mercy can follow us. Surely, Lord, your blessing upon us. And Lord, help us, Lord, to be obedient to you. Help us, Lord, to realize that we stand between life and death. We stand between heaven and hell for some people. Oh, God, please, please put it into our hearts. Direct us, Lord, to be useful to your kingdom that we would have no regrets. When, Lord, we go to heaven, leaving behind so many.
Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.